Welcome to the Skyline SIB podcast. We're so grateful that you're taking time to tune in from your busy schedule. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you wherever you are listening from. Now, here is an inspiring message by our guest speaker, Pastor Sam Surendran. Hello, Skyline. What a joy, what a blessing it is for me to be able to bring the Word of God to you. Thank you, Pastor Philip, Pastor Nancy, for this invitation. I was really looking forward to being there in person. But you know what? With all this problem, well, thank God we even have this channel for us to be able to connect. And I thank uh, God for all the wonderful pastors and leaders and friends that we know in Skyline. We miss you guys. We definitely look forward to seeing you all again. You know, and, and we have been in this pandemic for so long, isn't it? We've been in this pandemic for so long. And I always wonder, what is, you know, the heart of God in the way He sees this pandemic? How does He see this pandemic? You know, and the infinite mind of God. Communicating to the finite mind of man. How does that work? How does, it, how does God do that? In talking about that, you know, it's, it's a matter of communication. From an infinite mind to a finite mind. There was a couple that lives in the northern part of uh, Scotland. And they go through many bitter winters. And like every other year, there was this year that they were going through a bitter winter. And during that time, the wife had to take a flight, leave to, for a business trip, leaving the husband alone. And he realizes, hey, I'm not going to make it through this bitter winter alone. So he, he decided to take a flight and go to somewhere warm and sunny. So he decided to land in Casablanca. So that warm and sunny Casablanca was so inviting. So he decided to write a letter to the wife and says, Darling, after your business trip, don't go back home. Come back and meet me here. So he wrote an email and sent it to her. But unfortunately, he was not very, very sure about the wife's email address. So he sent that email and lo and behold, the email reaches an old lady in Iowa a wife of a pastor. And the pastor just, just died the day before. And so after the funeral, she was settling down. She was opening an email to read and she sees this email. And the moment she sees this email, she screams and she faints. And the family rushes to her and carry her and ministers to her and they read the email and they know why she fainted. And this is how it, sound, uh, how it sounded. It says, My dearest darling, I want you to know that I have arrived safely. And the next line says, and I'm really looking forward to having you joining me here tomorrow. <laughs> and then he says, your beloved husband. And then he, and he writes there, P.S. It's really hot down here. Now you know why she fainted? Because she thought that letter is from her husband. Now it sounded really very much like a message from the underworld, isn't it? <laughs> but anyway... That is how it is like when communications go wrong. But how are we as believers receiving the communication with our, in, with our finite mind receiving a message from an infinite God? And so that's the reason why I, I want to share a message with you today about the move of God. Because the move of God is different when it comes to seeing not just through the perspective of the limitation of our human world, but seeing from the, the bigness of a great God who sees things 
And He wants to communicate what He sees to us differently. This is the move of God. This is the move of God. And I believe in these last days, the Holy Spirit is moving. The Holy Spirit wants to make a difference in all of us. And this is why the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 5, in, in verse 15, he says, Be very careful then how you live. Why? Why do you need to be careful? Because he went on to say, the days are evil. Isn't that so? For us too. The days are really evil. And he says in verse 17, in order to overcome the days of evil, we need to know God's will. And how do we know God's will? And he tells us the answer in verse 18. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And we know in Acts chapter 2, there was this move of God. This supernatural move of God. The baptism of the Holy Spirit that came upon the church. And you know, talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's an amazing move of God. And the people who were around there could not believe what was happening. They thought that these guys were all drunk. And Peter said, no, they're not drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. This is the move of God. We are talking about the 9 o'clock move of God. History tells us that the, the army of Zexus, the Persian army, and the army of the Greeks met on a fierce battle and that battle, the army of the Persian outnumbered the Greeks. Probably two to one. Outnumbered them. But the Greeks are led by a brilliant naval strategist who is also the creator of the Athenian sea power, who is a politician, and his name is Themistocles. Now, Themistocles was a brilliant strategist. So he gathered his ship, and they were waiting, and they were waiting, and waiting for the right moment to strike the Persians. But the Persians were moving in slowly. And they were moving in slowly, but not knowing the trap that was created by the mysticals. Now, while they were waiting, the soldiers got a bit worried. The men grew impatient and began to fret at the delay. Still, he refused to give the order to advance. Discontent now slowly become almost a mutiny. Some say that the mysticals was a coward Others declare that he had sold out to the enemy. But the Mysticlus was waiting for the land breeze. He knew that every morning about 9 o'clock, the breeze blew from the land and by waiting for it to spring up, it would be possible to use the sail and it would be unnecessary to use the oars and so every rower would become a fighter. Now, that was a strategy and they defeated the Persians. 200 overships were defeated and only 40 ships were lost for the Greeks. The 9 o'clock breeze made a difference. The 9 o'clock presence of the Lord in Acts chapter 2 made a difference. And if we can see in Acts chapter 1, Jesus outlines how the difference will be made which I call it as my first point to this message, a move defying all global order. A move defying all global order. Why? Because, you know what, if you know in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, Jesus said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days 
you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus promised the disciples that the promise is coming. And He told them why they need this promise in verse 8. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Where? In Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is my focus. You know what? There is a proclamation made by Jesus Himself that this power that they have will bring an impact to the ends of the earth. Can you imagine in the time that they were living in with limit, limitation in the transportation, limitation in communication channels, you know, the, the limitations in technology, with all these limitations that were around them and with all the things that would probably not allow any disciple or any church or any group to make a global impact? Is that ever possible? But let's see what is happening. Well, God in His wisdom, in His, in His infinite mind, is able to say to these people that you are going to make a global impact. Why? It's not because you are good, but because of the Holy Spirit that is coming and He will empower you. And it will definitely transform, you know, something that will defy the global order. The global order is this. If you have this communication, if you have this transportation, if you have this channel, if you have this technology, then you are able to make that impact, a global impact. But when the Holy Spirit comes, He defies all global order. And I believe that's what God is doing. And this is the move that God is speaking about. That in these last days, that in this time and a season, that when we are faced with these challenges around us, well, what is happening to the church? What is happening to the body of Christ? I believe God has not put the body of Christ on a pause mode. God has not put the body of Christ just like all our movement control order, putting a control to all our movement and our activity. But the Lord is saying, this is the move. It is a move that will defy all global orders as it was in the days of the book of Acts when Jesus said that the impact of the Holy Spirit will have a global consequences. So will it be for today the church it is not a time for us to pull back and to think that this is not the time to see a global harvest, but this is the time when the church of Jesus Christ is capable of seeing something whereby we can defy the global order and see that the power of the Holy Spirit is moving. This is the move, church. This is the move of God. Now, the second thing that I want to bring to your attention is a move defying, defying the present spiritual climate. A move defying the present spiritual climate. You know, I want to bring to your attention first, as I explain what is the purpose of me highlighting the present spiritual climate. As you can see and as you can uh, explain, Understand that whatever that is happening in all our churches, that we are still in our homes, we are watching, we are growing. Our spirituality is now, uh, you know, 
very much propelled by, by the gadgets that we use to bring connection to the teaching, to the training, to the discipleship uh, because of all the limitations that we have for an on-site worship. So as that, does that mean that it has actually weakened, softened the, the passion of the believers? But I want to let you know that God is moving Defying the present spiritual climate. Well, I want to use First Chronicles chapter fourteen uh, as the guidance, as a guide for us to be able to understand my point. Well, in First Chronicles chapter fourteen, David was just installed as the king over Israel. He was just a king over Judah, but now he's a king over Israel. And of course, the the Philistines they realized that with him able to bring the kingdoms together that it is a very critical time that before they gather momentum in that unity that he, they should attack and so they attacked so as they are attacking as they are planning to I mean um, strategizing that attack David brings that request before God to ask Lord what should I do and the Lord says go ahead and attack them and, and David had a breakthrough he calls the place Balperazim or the Lord, our breakthrough. He, he declares that. Then the enemy retreats. But after a while, the enemy comes back again. They, they retreated, but now they are returning back for a second onslaught. And David now inquires of the, inquire the Lord of a direction. What should be the strategy next? And this is where I'm going to bring your attention to in verse 14 of 1 Chronicles. Therefore, David inquired again of God. He prayed again, said, God, what should I do? They're coming again. And he prayed again. And God said to him, You shall not go up after them, but circle, he says, uh, circle around them and come upon them in front of the mulberry tree. And then verse 15, And it shall be when you hear a sound of marching in the top of the mulberry tree, then you shall go out to battle, for God has gone out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. Now, something really, really different. What God is saying here is telling David, now David, I know how you defeated the, the Philistines the first time, but now I want you to change your strategy. But I want you to Come, circle around the mulberry trees. Now, they imagine, they imagine the enemy is coming. And so there are mulberry trees all lined up or planted. And so God is telling them, come from the flanks of the mulberry tree and then make a sudden appearance and then meet your enemy. But when do you come out of the mulberry tree? It's that you are going to hear the sound of marching on top of the mulberry tree. You're going to hear the sound of marching on top of the mulberry tree. Now, now just imagine, as a war strategist like David, right? I mean, the way you make your battle plans will be that you must observe the movement of the enemy. You probably will use a lot of your eyes to make a a conclusion, how the onslaught will be this time, even though the strategy may be different, but God is completely changing this, the paradigm 
of the warriors because God is telling them it is not about you depending on what you see, but it's about depending on what you hear because the next move will not be the move based on what you see, but it will be a move based on what you hear. Jesus said over and over in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 to the seven churches, every message that has been delivered, it ends with this word. Those who have an ear to hear, hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And I pray that this will be the cry for the church of Jesus Christ in such a time and season as this, that we will not allow what we see to determine what's going to be the spiritual climate of our nation, spiritual climate of our churches, spiritual climate of our individual life. That is not about what we see, about the number of infection, about the number of death, about the number of people in the ICU, about the number of people who need to be, to be, to be assisted in their, in their breathing, the number of beds. I mean, we are so inundated with this information because we see and we read and we see and we read and we see all kinds of other instructions and information. Like, for example, you know, in, the, in Tony Morgan's Quarter 3, 2002, Unstuck Church Report. He shares that among the churches that his team surveyed, in-person attendance is only 36% of what it was pre-COVID. That means whatever the number is seen or visible is only 36%. 2021 has shown a little bit more increase or increment in the percentage, but not really encouraging. And in fact... Most churches find themselves hovering between 30 to 60% of their pre-pandemic attendance figure. And in fact, another study by Barna Stadia survey done in the late 2020 says that only 41% of Gen Zs and 42% of the millennials are coming back to a in uh, on-site church services because they have decided apparently only 41% of Gen Z and 42% of uh, millennials are wanting to return to an on-site or in-person attendance of a service um, gathering. Now when you, when you read, when you read, when you see reports like this, when you keep on seeing or, or when you keep on uh, talking to people and when you, when you do not see this person, when you do not see this person and when you, when you see the, 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 the spiritual passion of people, ah, it can be very discouraging, isn't it? But I think what David was instructed by God, I think it's a prophetic reminder for all of us that it's time for us to hear because God's going to defy the current spiritual climate that we think we know, that we think we sense, that we think that we see that is happening. You know, the similar thing happened to, to uh, Elijah. Remember in 1 Kings chapter 18, there was this great showdown in Mount Carmel and Elijah defeated 450 prophets of Baal. And then in chapter 19, you know, the next chapter, he's running away and he's telling God, take my life. And then God brings him to Mount Horeb, you know, and it is in that mountain that Elijah was confronted with the reality 
of what he has seen was the spiritual climate of his day. Because for three and a half years, there was no rain, no dew, according to the commandment of the word of Elijah. That's what happened. And Ahab the king and Jezebel the queen, because of their sin, you know what? God has stopped the rain. There was no rain, no dew. Now just imagine, what would have happened politically if that has happened to any country when there is no rain, no dew for that long a period? What would have happened to an agrarian society like how they were in those days? Imagine what would have happened economically to an agrarian society. The, the anger, the frustration to see death all around them, to see lack all around them, to see their animals dying, to see their crops are being destroyed. I mean, let me tell you what, it is a national crisis. And so Elijah somehow in chapter 19 said two times, Lord, I'm the only one. Lord, I'm the only one. Lord, I'm the only one. Probably what Elijah saw was that he saw all the limitations that was happening because of that prolonged three and a half years of famine. It's a difficult time. It's a three and a half years of famine. It's a challenging time. Like what we are in right now too, isn't it? That's exactly how it was. But then God takes him up to Mount Horeb. And there was this, there's a violent earthquake that took place. And Elijah was trying to listen. No, God was, he trying to see. He was trying to see. God was not in the, in the violent earthquake. Then there was this wind, strong wind. The Thor opened the, 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 the stone and everything. And he was trying to see if God was there. No, no, God wasn't there. And then there was this fire that came, consuming and he was trying to see if God was there. No, God wasn't there. But then there was this gentle whisper, the Bible tells us in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 12. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. See, the earthquake, the wind, and because the wind tore the, the, the rocks. and So everything was visible. Because this is how Elijah has always done his ministry. He's a man of miracles, signs and wonders all his life. I mean, that's this Elijah, man. He's this how he ministers. He moves in power. He moves in wonders. He moves in signs. And it's like, bam, bam, bam. And his ministry is always surrounded by this kind of phenomena. And here comes the moment when Elijah is looking around and seeing the people are not responding. And probably the people are responding more to the famine than responding to the Lord. But then the Bible says that Elijah heard a gentle whisper. A still small voice that came in that wind. And the Lord spoke to him and said to him, Elijah. And the Lord said, Yet I reserve, in verse, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 18, Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouth have not kissed him. 7,000! Wow, 7,000! Look, if Elijah was looking at the natural circumstances, the spiritual climate, it is really a down moment. It is really a discouraging moment. It's a moment of defeat because you are not seeing what you have worked for as a prophet for the land. It's not working. It is not working. But God is saying to him, I will defy 
the spiritual climate, the natural spiritual climate that you are looking at, Elijah, it's going to be different. Can I challenge you? Can I encourage you? Even though we have not been to church, even though we have not seen our friends, even though we may not even have uh, connected as we wanted to, we may not even have done big evangelism events, or we have not seen church growth like we wanted to see in the last two years, and we're beginning, beginning to feel discouraged. You know what? Look, just like David, who was so given into strategizing by looking and moving his forces to battle. Now God suddenly changes and said, David, you're going to hear the sound of the marching on top of the mulberry tree. And I'm saying to the church of Jesus Christ, this is the moment where we're going to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, not what we are seeing, not like how Elijah also did. He was seeing, seeing, seeing because that's how he did but God said it's not about all the mighty powerful signs and wonders that you have done before but quietly without even you knowing Elijah you are the greatest prophet without even you knowing quietly I have been raising an army of 7,000 and they have not even bowed their knees to Baal I believe God's going to show us that He's going to defy the way the natural climate spiritual climate the spiritual landscape of the nation God is building an army there's going to be a 7,000 miraculously there's going to be a 7,000 that God is raising up in your church skyline, that God's going to show a mighty army that's going to come in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And I proclaim this to be true, that it will happen to every church in Jesus' name, that God is moving. This is the move of God. Hallelujah. And finally, I want to share with you another important point, a move to defy every discouragement and bring greater restoration. I believe the next move of God is to a move to defy every discouragement and to bring a greater restoration. We have seen even in our own church, you know, we, we just put up a, a, a QR code and tell the people who are watching, if you are a visitor, just, you know, scan the QR code. And, you know, people whom we do not know, people we have never met, never been to our building, you know, start, you know, connecting. And there are people whom we have connected, have even opened their heart and accepted Jesus. And now they are coming to church and they are growing and they are connected to groups and small groups. And they are intentional in seeing that this Jesus that they saw in a distant through an online connection is now making sense into their lives. I believe that this is a move, a move to defy every discouragement and bring greater restoration. And I close with this last scripture that I, I want to share with you. It's from um, Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and verse 29. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and verse 29. Then after doing all these things, what is this all after, after doing all these things? Now, this is the, a, a prophetic word spoken by Joel of an army that is going to come from the north that is going to come and invade the nation of Israel. And after that invasion, and after this, after doing all these things, which is after that invasion from the north, after that, that onslaught, God is speaking. He said, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. I think we are coming and we, we are hearing people talking about from moving from pandemic to an endemic 
And so we are making adjustments and, and, and changes and beginning to embrace and realize that, hey, this can't go on forever and ever. We can't be fighting the, like the way we are fighting this pandemic. You know what? We need to make changes. And, and after all these things, and as we are making this transition, and after all these things, like they were, after the transition of that army that comes and, 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 and drives their power and the destruction that follows, and after that, God says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see vision. In those days, I will pour out my Spirit even on, on your servants, men and women alike. I'm telling you, this is amazing. God is going to weaponize everyone. And it's not going to be just be the key leaders and key prophets and pastors and evangelists. God has decided that he, He's going to weaponize everyone to become a powerful, potent force in these last days. After this, oh, I feel like saying this prophetically, God, after this, after this pandemic, Lord, after this, pour out your Spirit and don't spare anyone. Lord, I, you know, you, this, this prophecy was spoken by Peter after the pouring of the Holy, outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Well, Bible scholars believe and we know that this prophecy is not limited to that season alone. Uh, partially it was fulfilled in the time of Acts chapter 2 but it will be fulfilled in the end days in the last days you know before the coming of the great day of the Lord it's going to be fulfilled so this is something that God's going to do and continually do and He's going to be a move that will bring a fresh restoration a fresh encouragement against all that has been discouraged just like it was in those days when the northern forces will come down and all the discouragement but God has something up on His sleeves God has something up on His sleeves I want to encourage you you know what we have done so I believe you and every church have done so many things we have we have um, you know re-strategized we have reinvented ourselves we, we recalibrate you know we, we do things differently and we have repositioned ourselves and we are believing that with all these things, I tell you, that's going to be a move of God. And it's not going to be everyone. It's not going to be just someone special who's going to be used by God. But God's going to weaponize His people. Every one of you, every child, every male, female, without any limitations to age, any limitations to, you know, for... Uh, uh, gender God said that He's going to move He's going to move And I believe this is going to be a move That will defy Every discouragement And bring greater restoration This Is the move of God Skyline This Is the move of God Oh we have, we have heard over and over again About all the movement Movement control We have heard all that I mean we said no more We don't want any more I tell you what, but we want what? We want a different move. We want the move of God. And this move is going to happen. And I believe, get ready, Skyline, get ready everyone. Because God is the one who defies the natural order of how we see, the natural order of how this global, uh, I mean, the, the world, you know, revolves itself with all this pandemic. It's God is the one who will defy. And come against all the discouragement 
and bring about a greater restoration. I want to believe God for your business. I want to believe God for your marriage. I know relationships have been affected tremendously. I want to believe God for your schooling. I want to believe God for your for your church. I want to believe God for your ministry. I want to believe God, you know, for the, the well-being of the state of Sabah. I want to believe God for the best because this is the move of God. If you believe with me for something, that this is the move and that God is moving in your heart as you hear this message and is burning in your heart a prophetic word, a prophetic, uh, you know, strategy that God is giving to your heart and you want to take the step of it, would you lift your hands right now and receive the blessing of the Father. Receive the blessing. Receive the move of the Holy Spirit. Father, bless your people. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And I declare your glory. I declare your favor. I declare, Lord, that in every one of us, in every leader, in every ministry, in every church, Lord God, in every businesses, in Sabah, Lord, I pray for the state of Sabah. Lord, I declare in the name of Jesus, this is the move that Malaysia will enter into. The move of the Holy Spirit like we have never seen before. Release your presence. Release your power. Release your favor in this new move, Lord. Restore what has been torn, destroyed, ravaged by the enemy. This is the move, Lord, of your restoration. Thank you, Father, for your move. Thank you, Father, for your blessing. I declare in the mighty name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Skyline. Blessings to everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Skyline SIB podcast. And stay tuned for the next episode. Visit our website at www.skylinesib.com and say hello. Drop us a prayer request or leave us a question. Want to know what's up and coming with our church? Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. It's Skyline SIB. Let's connect. God bless and have a great week.